Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. It's good to be here this morning as we continue our series in the book of 1 Timothy entitled Sound Doctrine and the Church. Last week, Pastor Matt preached his sermon, Spiritual Deceit, in which we learn that apostates hate God's word that saves. An apostate is someone that denies the basic tenets of the gospel. And of course, they hate the gospel because they can't use it to twist it and to control others. Today, Paul uh, speaks with Timothy, and and he kind of continues that line of thought on how to combat against these false teachings of the church. But before we get into that, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, your greatest gift to us as mankind is your truth and your knowledge on how to come to a saving faith in your son. But Lord, we just want to hear your truth this morning. So just kick everything out of the way of what we think and and what we think we know, Lord, and just let us hear your truth this morning. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking about truth, truth matters. Listen to this quote. We can sincerely believe that human flight is possible by jumping out of a three-story window and flapping our arms. But our sincerity doesn't make the sidewalk any softer. That's a quote from this book uh, by Dr. Uh, Richards. It's entitled, Myths the World Has Taught Me. He goes on to describe in his book a deadly example of another example of misplaced faith and the sincerity behind it. In November 1987, fooled by the wiles of a witch doctor, a mob of some 700 government rebels attempted to overtake a Ugandan army post and airstrip. The attackers were armed with little more than their passion and were bare-chested and covered in oil calling themselves the Holy Spirit Movement. They marched into a hailstorm of bullets fired by the defending government officials. When all was said and done, some 200 rebels were dead, and the rest were taken into custody. This witch doctor had convinced them that the oil they smeared on their bodies was some mystical, magical concoction that would protect them from the bullets. Obviously, with a, a, you know, a group entitled the Holy Spirit Movement, they felt like they were doing God's work as God's anointed army. The battle, of course, was lost before it began, and no one could fault this Holy Spirit Movement for their lack of sincerity. I mean, think about it. You have to be a true believer in what you're doing to march into a hailstorm of bullets, They were very sincere, but unfortunately, they were sincerely wrong, and to some, they were dead wrong. When it comes to life and death, the truth matters, amen? Amen. The truth matters. When, When your life is on the line, and it comes to life or death, you want to know the truth, whether you like that truth or not, amen? So what about eternal life? We're just here for a short time. Eternity is forever. 
Religion could be a really funny thing sometimes. One of the biggest misconceptions today, I believe, is people that believe that if I'm just really sincere in my faith, God will reward it. It's all based on how sincere you are, how much you believe. I just really, 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 really believe this. God is going to do this for me. Well, while that's partially true, because God does reward our faith. But only when our faith is placed in his will and his truth, not our own. From the beginning, the enemy has sown lies in amongst the truths of God so that they may lead us away from God. Ideas based on man's logic and reason or man's philosophies, not the basic tenets of the truths found in God's word. See, at the church at Ephesus, Timothy was dealing with this problem. As Pastor Matt preached last week, there were apostates. There were people that were teaching something contrary to the truth found in God's word. Many were mixing the gospel message with myths, or they were straight up just twisting God's word, focusing on the work of mankind instead of the work of Christ. It's not much different today than it was back then, is it? In today's text that we're about to get into, Paul is writing to Timothy on the importance of knowing the truth, training in the truth, teaching and teaching the truth found in God's word. That is how you combat false teaching. Our faith means absolutely nothing unless it's based upon proper doctrine and proper theology. So as Paul writes to Timothy, if he wants to be a good spiritual leader of this church, he must be a servant of the, tr- of the truth, which is why our title today is Servants of Truth. In order to be a good leader, you have to be a servant of the truth. It's so sad that people get so caught up these days in sensationalizing Christianity like, like we're, we're almost like the Avengers or something. Like we come in and, you know, we all have superpowers or, you know, there's just certain things that you could do to unlock different levels. It's like we're trying to find some untapped Holy Spirit superpower. And while sometimes God does allow Christians to do amazing things and while sometimes miracles happen, that is obviously not the norm. In fact, when we focus on that solely, this not only leads people away from the truth of the gospel, but sometimes into a wall of bullets covered in oil. Let's get into our text this morning. We'll be in 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 16. You can follow in your Bibles now because we have lights on out there, or you could just listen as I read. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, 
who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearer. If we took these 11 verses and we condensed them down into one main idea, we would get this. Faithful servants of Jesus learn, train in, and teach his truth daily. If we want to be faithful servants of Jesus, we have to learn what his truth teaches us. We have to train ourselves in it, and we have to be willing to teach it with our everyday lives, especially a spiritual leader of the church. He must be a servant to the truth of God. He must study in it, and he must practice what he preaches. Let's break these verses down to see why this is true. Step one, focus purely on the truth of God, as we see in our first three verses. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. What two things? Being trained in the words of faith and, and of the good doctrine that you followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while training of, is, uh, bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and for the life of to come. So we see two things in that first verse. The only way to be a good servant is to train in words of faith and good doctrine. Words of faith is, is what we faith, faithfully believe God is telling us, and good doctrine is what the church together teaches about that. And we teach these things not only in sermons, but as we live them out. A good servant of truth only focuses on the actual truth of God, not worthless arguments. And many of you know, especially my life group, or our life group, because it's ours, you know that I love apologetics and I don't mind getting into worthless arguments sometimes. <clears throat> but I, I, I love that about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But here's the point. The truth of our God, our Savior, are this world's only hope for eternal life. You could win a thousand arguments with somebody, logically and reasonably, but if you don't explain the gospel to them and the truth found in God's word, you, you're not doing anything. <clears throat> the world's philosophies and ideas will always fall short of God's truth. Why? Because it's short-sighted. We can accrue all the knowledge that mankind has gained throughout the ages, but it's not eternal. And in many times, it will contradict itself. See, God has, has the, the option to see every single thing at once. He stands outside space and time, so he sees 
everything at once. So when he says something is true, it is true for eternity, not just for the moment. His truth is useful for living now and for gaining eternal life. In verse 8, it talks about training in righteousness. You know, we, sometimes we train and, and we work hard and we get in shape and, and eat. Listen, that's only temporary. Sooner or later, as I learned this week, our bodies are going to break down. We've been moving a paint store all week and I've been uh, overdoing a couple things and uh, God showed me today that my body is wearing out. But training in godliness is, is for eternity and it always leads us to Jesus. We do this because he is the only living God and mankind's only hope, as we see in verses 9 and 10. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and we strive. This is why we do what we do, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Our only hope is in our Savior because he is the only true living God. His grave was empty. All other belief systems, all other saviors, all other all prophets, you can go and you can find their graves or at least know that they do not exist anymore. Jesus is still alive today. That is why he's our only hope. Only the truth of the gospel can save mankind. Why would we waste our time toiling and striving with anything else? And it brings us to our first point this morning. Man's philosophies are useless compared to the saving truth of God. Man's philosophies, anything we can conjure up, the, the brightest, the smartest, it's useless compared to the saving truth found in God's word. It took me a while as a Christian with the help of the Holy Spirit, to realize that all the world has to offer is garbage compared to the truth we find in the gospel. The world wants you to think, you know, one, also like when you hear the gospel, when we, we come to know the gospel, that's something we, you know, a person that gets saved does. We just, we hear the gospel, we accept Jesus, and then we move on, we leave the gospel back there. Church, we never graduate from the gospel. It is not something that we hear once and do once, and then we drop it and we leave it. That's the idea of the world. The idea of the world tells you, okay, that was the gospel. That was good to save you, but now what? Now, now what's the next level? What's the next step that we get to graduate from? It is what saves us, and it's what grows us to be more like Jesus every single day. Our goal is to know it more each day and allow it to affect our lives as it comes in to change every single part of our lives. It's still the same message. We are hell-deserving sinners in need of a Savior. That's how we grow as Christians in the same manner. It's so we could acquire some superpower later and head charging into a, a wall of bullets. That is not what God is calling us to do this morning. It is to save us. It is to change us so that we can teach other people how to gain eternal life. That is the point of a Christian's life. Those Ugandan rebels were convinced by someone they trusted. But 
that was obviously taking some truths from the Bible and, and kind of just conjuring up this thing in, in mysticism or, or whatever that tribe believed in. It was not the full, pure gospel message. And this is what happens when man tries to take over that message. Now, witch doctor was talk them into doing something completely contrary in that moment to what God was calling them to do. If they had been immersed in God's truth and they were training in God's truth and, and that was what they were focused on, many of those tribes people would probably be alive today. I've had to take some very scary leaps of faith in my life. I mean, you know, walking away from uh, careers or jobs because I felt like that's what God was calling me to do in that moment. So we do have to do that sometimes. We do have to rely on the, the supernatural power of God to help us through certain situations. But I'm so grateful that I had good servants of the truth around me to help guide me. I also had the truth of God's word in me so I wasn't led astray by my own pride or false, teach, or false teachings that, I, that sounded good at the time. It's all about going back to the basics. And that's why we could say that our main idea is true this morning. Faithful servants of Jesus learn, train in, and teach his truth daily. And that's why Paul continues writing in, in verse 11. Command and teach these things, Timothy, is what he's saying. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So Paul gives Timothy a commandment here. Teach these things, the things that he talked about in verse 6 that he was already new and already following, the basic tenets of the faith. Keep teaching these things. Let me let you in on a little secret, church. You also have that commandment. It's not just to spiritual leaders because in some uh, aspects, if you're a follower of Christ, you lead someone somewhere. So we all have this commandment to proclaim these things as truth and teach them. And in verse 12, Paul kind of highlights the fact that Timothy is, is young. What he's saying, listen, it's less important the who is teaching them than the what is being taught. He's like, who cares if you have people that are older than you that may not want to listen to you because you're younger than them? You know, back then in the culture, uh, age and, and being older than someone was a really big deal. Paul is telling Timothy to be the example. Not saying try to lead people, but be the example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. These people that may not want to listen to you, Timothy, when they see your speech, what are they seeing? Is it aggressive? Is it rude? How are you speaking to people? What about your conduct? How are you conducting yourself around people that see you and know that you are the leader of this church? Or someone at work that might be watching you because you know you're, they know you're a Christian. In love, how are you loving people around you? 
if anything, a Christian should be loving. Amen? Amen. In faith, what happens when something hard happens in your life? Do you rely on yourself and panic, or do you have faith? How strong is your faith? In purity, are you keeping yourself unstained from the world, or is that affecting your life? In fact, he says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. As you master these things, your age will be nothing. It will mean nothing to those that are looking to follow someone that is teaching God's truth. The only way to teach it, though, and to live it is to immerse yourself in it, as he picks up in verse 14 through 16. He was also called to do this, which is a big deal as well in the life of Timothy. It says, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that, you, that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and, and the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and the hearers. So right away we see he was given the gift to be a spiritual leader. He was given the, the gift of, of preaching. Not all of us have been given that gift. Not all of us that have that gift want it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, not all of us have been given that gift. Everybody's been given certain gifts, okay? But again, as I said before, not everybody's called to be a leader in that capacity, but if you are a Christ follower, you are a leader in some capacity, Amen. So we must immerse ourselves in these things. When we're immersing ourselves in the truth of God's word, that doesn't leave a lot of room for the outside world, right? We have to, he says to be careful so that you don't fall and in turn cause others to fall as well. Again, that's something that the normal everyday Christian can do. I've, I've also, I've known a lot of good spiritual leaders and people and men, you know, that I, I look up to spiritually. And you know what? I've watched a lot of them fall. This is something that we have to guard ourselves against, every single one of us. The Bible says that there's an enemy out there looking to devour us. When someone in a, in a public square that is known to be a Christian falls, who do you think celebrates? Our enemy, Satan. If we stay focused on the truth of the gospel and serving Christ, though just those two things, think about how that would change our everyday lives. We are less likely to want to please ourselves and fall into the traps that this world has for us. So what could be more important? As we look at our second point. We must focus on God's truth daily so that we do not fall for the lies of this world. We must focus on God's truth daily. And just like anybody that's been faithful for a, a while and, and, and really trying to immerse yourself in God's word daily, you know what happens when you stop. You start to slide back. You start to forget. Your life just starts to be different. I can tell you that by experience. Focusing on the truth found in God's word is the only way that spiritual leaders can keep ourselves accountable. And praise God, I have other godly men to keep me accountable. 
but it is also the way that all believers grow. As we kind of wrap this up, I want us to focus on this one thing, this war of untruth that is designed to distract us and cause us to fall or that completely discredits the gospel these days. If you look around and you look at American Christianity, it is filled with people that are preaching false things. It is filled with worldly ideas, philosophical ideas from mankind, not God, that distracts us from the truth. It's everywhere. So we have nothing to do with those philosophies of man and, or anything that claims to be different than God's word. Why? We remember our first point this morning. Man's philosophies are useless compared to the saving truth of God. There's a reason why the self-help business is a billion-dollar-a-year business. And the simple truth is, as human beings, we're all broken. We're all broken. That's why this self-help craze and phenomenon is never going away. Because whether we like to admit it or not, in some capacity, we're broken and we need to be fixed. If we have our hearts set on the fact that God's truth is the only thing that matters and we're constantly immersing ourselves in that truth, fall for the lies. Amen? Amen. So this is why we remember our second, that is our second point, our second point again. That came in kind of tight. We, might focus, we must focus on God's truth daily so that we do not fall for the lies of this world. This is why Paul challenged Timothy to be a faithful servant of the truth. There was lots of things coming in and lots of things trying to take the stage and the spotlight away from the truth of God. And that will always be the case until Jesus comes back. So we must immerse ourselves in God's truth. And this is why we could say our main idea is true. Faithful servants of Jesus learn, train in, and teach his truth daily. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your truth and those that have been gifted to teach it. I've been blessed by the great, by, uh, great spiritual men that you have placed in my life throughout the years. And I just pray that the leadership here, Lord, can continue to grow and be strong leaders as, as you shape this church for what it is. This church continue to teach and live out the gospel in that manner. Help us all as believers to grow in your truth daily and recognize the lies of this world. Lord, help us to live in your godliness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.